0: If you're loving the Bible Brief, will you take just a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? We're having hundreds of people every week try out the show, and we want you to help even more discover the Bible Brief. Potential listeners depend upon your reviews to learn why they should listen. So, will you do us a favor? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Join the cause to help the world learn the life changing story and message of the Bible. that Israel largely controls Canaan. The land has had rest for many years. But before Joshua dies, he has a final message to deliver the nation on The Bible Brief. Want more Bible learning content like this? Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. Links are in the show notes to this episode. Joshua is 110 years old. It's been about 25 years since the end of the initial campaigns to conquer the land. 25 years of rest and blessing from God as the tribes began to settle into the territories allotted to them. While conflict remained with some of the pockets of resistance, there was no large-scale mobilization of Israel to continue taking the land in this time period. Instead. For about 25 years, they began to experience what God had promised them before they entered the land of Canaan. He had promised back in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that Israel would come into the land to possess great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant they had been experiencing these blessings for the past 25 years as Joshua continued to be the de facto leader of the nation. God had given them rest before more fighting would be necessary. These pockets of resistance would need to be dealt with as God commanded the nation to continue driving out the inhabitants. We shouldn't think of Israel as disobedient for not having war on them completely during Joshua's time. After all, God had said back at Mount Sinai that when he brought the people into the land that, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little I will drive them out from before you, until you have increased and possessed the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines, and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. For I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. God would yet continue to drive out the land's inhabitants from before the people but the people would need to be obedient to God to continue experiencing the blessing of victory and the blessing of dwelling in the land. It's with this in mind that we can turn to the final speeches of Joshua, a pair of speeches that unify into a particular message to the people of Israel, a message essentially echoing the points that Moses had made in the plains of Moab before the nation had entered Canaan. Those three points were this, Love Yahweh, Obey His Commands, And take the land. Joshua surely remembered Moses delivering these same points to the people, and he's careful to say the same thing, though with even more experience of God's care for the nation. Moses only got to the border of Canaan. Joshua got to experience God's amazing victories in the land as he fought for the nation of Israel. So Joshua begins by gathering all the leaders of the nation together, and he says this to them in Joshua chapter 23. I am old now, and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain, along with all the nations that I have already cut off, from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. The Lord your God will push them back before you, and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God has promised you. Therefore, be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you, or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them. But you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. For Yahweh has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations among you, and make marriages with them so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good ground that Yahweh your God has given you. This speech includes all the same elements of Moses' speech to the people, with even further emphasis. He starts by reminding the people of all that the Lord has done for them as he fought for them to take Canaan. And then he continues the refrain of Moses, Love Yahweh, obey his commands, and take the land. Notably, he grounds the command to love God in the fact that God has fulfilled his promise to fight for the nation. What else should they return to God but love and devotion to his law? He also reminds the people of the theme of Joshua's life. God and Moses had both told Joshua to be strong and courageous as he led the nation. And here at the end of his life, he's echoing the sentiment for those after him. Interestingly, though, When Joshua says to the people, be very strong, he doesn't attach it specifically to conquest. Instead, he attaches it to obedience and exclusive worship toward Yahweh alone. Just as it would take strength to defeat their enemies militarily, so it would take strength to obey God and resist the gods of the inhabitants of the land. So Joshua has told the people to be strong as they love God, obey the law, and take the land. But he doesn't stop echoing Moses there. He also mentions the blessing and the curse blessing for obedience to the law of God, and cursing for disobeying the law of God. He says this next And now I am about to go the way of all the earth when I die. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you, not one of them has failed. But just as all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the evil things, until he has destroyed you off this good land that the Lord your God has given you, if you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off the good land that he has given to you. Joshua reminds the people that the rules for blessing in the land won't change anytime soon. God has fulfilled great promises to the nation. He has brought them to the land long ago promised to Abraham. But Israel still has a part to play. To stay in the land and be blessed, they must obey the law that God gave the nation. Otherwise, they will be cursed and cast out. Soon, This first speech to the elders of Israel ends, before Joshua addresses the whole congregation of the nation of Israel for his last words. Speaking as a prophet on behalf of God, Joshua reviews the nation's history since Abraham was called from Ur to the land of Canaan. He mentions the miracle child Isaac, the twins Jacob and Esau, and the eventual 400 years in Egypt. But then he focuses on all the great success of the nation coming out of Egypt in the Exodus and defeating every foe before them on their way to the land, before the conquest of the land itself. And he concludes his review of God's power and faithfulness towards Israel, saying how Israel should respond to God's great faithfulness to his promises. He says this, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve Yahweh. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve Yahweh, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This famous quote from Joshua is worth remembering. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is the decisive statement of a man unswayed. Joshua effectively says this, me and my family, we've made our choice. We will serve Yahweh. But you, just like every generation, have a choice yourselves. Who will you serve? Will it be the Baals and the Ashtaroth of the Canaanites? Or will it be the one true God? Will you choose blessing in the land? Or will you choose cursing away from the land? For his part, he knew how the story would develop for Israel. Just as Moses said, so Joshua would say, Israel would not be able to keep up their end of the Sinai covenant. They would fall away from worshiping Yahweh, they would whore after other gods, and they would be cast out of the land. The question perhaps was not if, but when. Would it be this generation, or would it be some future generation? Joshua hoped, that his words would encourage the generation to remain faithful to the Lord even after he died. And after these final words to the nation, he sends the tribes back to their allotted inheritances in the land. They had been encouraged, and they had been warned. It was time for Joshua's earthly life to come to an end. Joshua had been a great leader in Israel. He wasn't perfect, but he was a faithful man, who faithfully followed the commands of Yahweh, As he led the nation in the conquest of Canaan From his first spy mission into the land at 40 years old To leading Israel across the Jordan in his 70s Joshua had been faithful But just as Moses, the great leader of the Exodus, died So Joshua, the great leader of the conquest, died We read this in verse 29 and following After these things, Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died Being 110 years old and they buried him in his own inheritance at timnath which is in the hill country of Ephraim. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, and had known all the work that Yahweh did for Israel. As for the bones of Joseph, which the people of Israel brought up from Egypt, they buried them at Shechem, in the place of the land that Jacob bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of money it became an inheritance of the descendants of Joseph. And Eliezer the son of Aaron the priest died, and they buried him at Gibeah, the town of Phinehas his son, which had been given him in the hill country of Ephraim. Just as quickly as Joshua's death is recorded, so also we see the end of the era of Joshua. We see the promise fulfilled from over 400 years earlier that Joseph's bones would be taken and buried in the promised land and we see the death of the second high priest of Israel. Just as Joshua had followed Moses, so Eliezer had followed Aaron. Joshua's day was over, and a new day was beginning in Israel. A day full of promise, and a day with a choice to make. Who will the people serve? Will they serve Yahweh, or the Baals of the Canaanites? Perhaps that's a question for us today, too. In a world gone after false gods, false hope, and false worship, where right and wrong are upside down, and truth never seems to have its day, who will we serve? Will we serve the world, or will we serve Yahweh? Join us next time as we do a quick review before diving into the next stage for Israel. A volatile stage with amazing victories and discouraging defeats. The stage in which the people of Israel cry out to God, and God raises up new leaders for the nation. Leaders called Judges. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.